Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peter, and I'm joined, as always, by my best good bud, Josh. What's going on, homie? How's it, how's it hanging? What's up, Peter? You looking tan, brother. Yeah, man, just got back from the beach, Myrtle Beach, the last little, last little hurrah. Did you go before. with your family? I went with my girlfriend and her daughter, so we had a good time. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Got, look at me. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking tan. You said you got burnt? Yeah, I got burnt. I didn't, I didn't use any sunblock. Like, like I had... Use sunblock. Yeah, I got burnt at the beach one time so bad, I had what they call, they call it um, Hell's Itch, which is where you like... You're in pain. You're not just itchy or like uncomfortable. Like you were in pain, and I had to drive six hours back home to go to work. And I'm, you know, I'm in the army, so I had to go do PT with like this hellish back pain. Like I had boils forming on my back and stuff. Like so, yeah, definitely mm. worse on screen. Mm. Speaking of pain, <laughs> we watched The Blob, 1988. Yes, this week. yes, today's. <laughs> Today's episode is, this week's episode is talking about 1988's The Blob, which is a remake of the original from the year 1958. Yeah, man. I'm sorry that I came up with this idea. So, backstory, this movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. It was, and I I mean, I still loved it, you know? I mean, I can see why. Yeah, I think there were some horrific moments in this movie, but when we talk about did it age well... Most definitely did not age well. I think that's, that's no. yeah. So it was it was kind of painful to go through. I was a little sad. I did enjoy some moments of it, but it was mostly just kind of like this. This is not a good movie. It's almost like with Child's Play, like we agreed it was it wasn't a good movie, but it was sort of still fun to watch. Yeah, I don't think I had a whole lot of fun watching this movie. Did you? Um, April and I spent uh, every movie that we cover, every doc, every talk bit that we cover on this show. Uh, my wife and I watch it together, and I can tell you right now, we were both laughing. And I have seen it maybe twice prior, uh, but I wanted to revisit it. My wife had never seen it, and she we were watching it. She was like, <laughs> again, just like, she was like, what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for your wife, making her watch all these old horror movies. That she thinks it's fun. Cool. She thinks it's fun. Oh, she cool. likes, she likes to, she, you know, she likes to participate and experience new stuff on screen like that, so... I think one of the things that I, I enjoyed about this movie or one of the fun things about it was that it sort of was from that, I want to say, gold, dare I say, golden era of horror in the 80s, you know, like with the prop, practical effects and gore and... Yeah, they had to get really creative with uh, how to make things look real or as real as possible. Yeah, and there there were some moments in this movie where... I remember the scenes and they were still kind of like traumatic, but it's nothing comparable to like what we see now, but for its time, this is like a movie that you probably would have to, but I think they got, like you say, creative is a good word. I think they did a really great job with the practical effects for the most part. I think where they screwed up is where aging happened was when they did the green screen stuff. Like the green screen stuff was pretty bad. Like by today's standard, there's a scene at the end of the movie where what's his name played by brian flag played by kevin dillon it was just like running he just stops and he like looks around and it was so clearly a green screen it wasn't even like it wasn't even like anything in the background other than just people but it was just it was just so bad and it was kind of like, uh, uh. but yeah so normally what we do is we look back sort of look back at the the actors and creators and people that worked on the film in the box office so i'm gonna start there does that sound does that sound good yeah absolutely all right, so box office, this movie was a 
bomb and did not do good at all. So the box office domestically, United States, it only did eight million in nineteen eighty eight. This is also we talked last week about this. This was a year where like Young Guns, I think it was Friday the thirteenth part four came out, uh, Fish Called Wanda and Young did I say Young Guns. There was just Die Hard. I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but it was, a, it was a big year for movies, and so that might have been one of the things. Its budget was 19 million, and it only did 8.2 million domestically. So it was didn't even recruit like 50 percent of its budget, which is just right. I was I was good. reading that half of that 19 million was just on effects. I believe it. They they worked very. I think they did. They worked very hard. You can tell they put in the effort for the effects. Like the effects yeah, were. It's just the the way that they're applied. That I think they don't lend credence to uh, believing. I mean, for the time, you know, like I say, when you look at movies that are from this time period, you don't you assume that people are believing it because they've never seen anything like it before. You know, they're groundbreaking, inventive ways of of creating a story and making it as believable as possible. And you know, people in that time. You know, they they were more susceptible to being told that, oh, this is real. This could totally happen because it and it looked real because they had no frame of reference. It's different now when we watch movies and we're so accustomed to effects and CGI. And so now when something happens and we 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 see something, we're like automatically we know something is CGI. Like there's no, you can never tell me. Oh, that's CGI. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Like. It's so noticeable to me, and it's it's hard having that perception on film because I know that people put a lot of work into it. And when you see these practical effects, sometimes it's really hard to even figure out how they made that happen. Like, even to come up with mm-hmm. a way yourself. So to read about some of the lengths that they went to make these effects look as as, as good as they did um, um, really tells uh, helps tell a story of how dedicated they were to their craft. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I took away from rewatching this film was the amount of effort that went into the special effects, uh, and I appreciated what what they did for its time. Similar yeah. to Child's Play when we talked, they they did some pretty cool things, and I thought the death scenes were were actually kind of fun. I don't want to say it's like I don't know. It's hard for me to say are the death scenes, do they look real? Because I've never seen someone dismembered in real life before <laughs> or like, you know, someone had their throat cut. Like, I don't know what that would look like in real life. So I don't, I don't say or think that, Oh, that, that looks totally real. I, I'm like, I think that looks real. <laughs> right. So, um, before we get into that, man. So one of the things that I find interesting is I look back at the people that worked on this movie, the actors and like the directors stuff. This is an interesting, there's a nice little, there's some success there that after this movie. Oh yeah. So the director was Chuck Russell. And prior to this, he had directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which was from 1997. I'm sure we're going to be doing at least one Nightmare on Elm Street film <laughs> pretty soon here yeah. in the next few weeks. Yeah. Then he did The Blob in 88. He also directed The Mask in 1994, Jim Carrey. He also directed an awesome movie. I didn't know this that I I love. It's like one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Eraser in 1996. Yeah, Eraser was awesome. Eraser was a really good movie. And then he did all. He also directed the Scorpion King, albeit not a great movie, 
but yeah, it was, that's that movie is not good. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a it, it, it's a big big time movie, right? The Rock and the the Mummy, the, the Mummy, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, well, I don't think he was. I don't think Brendan Fraser was in that movie. That's been so long. But it's the whole oh. Mummy. The whole it was part of the whole Mummy. Like things were like when it was really big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think it came out after Part Two. I can't remember. But so Chuck Russell had has had some success, right? He had some 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 pretty some pretty good success stories there i would say now the writers the only one i really want to talk about is one here so the writers were theodore simonson k Leinecker, irvine millgate and then the other screenplay writer was frank darabont yeah and i know that i know that name i know that name sounds familiar because the first time i said that i said oh the original walking dead showrunner i was like holy shit frank darabont worked on this movie I thought that was that was pretty cool, and he also he also did screenplays for The Mist, The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, and then also Mary she- Shelley's Frankenstein. I don't know if you remember that movie. That's actually an awesome. I've never seen uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I don't think oh, I've ever man. seen that. It's so good. It's such a good such a good movie. At least from what I remember, it's been a while, but I remember it being pretty awesome. And, right. And also, one of the actors, uh, the sheriff, was played by Jeff Demoon, and. He actually played Dale in The Walking Dead. Right. That is correct. So there's actually so there's probably some connect there. And I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Now in the cast, one of the one of the things that I thought was super interesting, not super interesting, but was kind of fun to look back was Shawnee Smith, who played Meg. She was in the Saw movies. She was actually the yeah. villain, and I think in the third one. So she in had a Yeah, and yeah, in a couple of the films she plays the villain. It's funny how she got the role for the Saw movie. She got the role for it solely based on the uh creators of saw they used to have a crush on her when they were young they were crushing on her heart and they when so when they had this idea for a film which they only wrote and filmed in like nine days which is insane but they reached out to her and she was able to to be on the film dude i was crushing hard on shawty smith when i was a kid too so i can totally relate i was like damn Sha- shawnee smith is hot so i totally get it <laughs> even watching this movie, I was like, man she's she's pretty you know what i'm saying but yeah i that's that's funny side note i i know this is i was just thinking about this did you see the the story about the new final destination movie and the zoom call for the people that wanted to do the new movie did you hear about this no i did not please so over over the zoom call one of the people that were proposing, they proposed doing another Final Destination movie, faked their death over a Zoom call. Like they faked like this fire, and then they showed like this thing fall on top of them or something, and that's how they got that's how they got awarded to do the next final this new Final Destination movie. This just came out today. Wow! Yeah, I didn't know that at all. What does that have to do with Shawnee Smith? Nothing at all, but it made me think about that because they were fans of her. They were, I don't, I don't know why it just clicked. Ah, me, okay. They're like, you know, they go like creating a movie or whatever right. and, and whatnot. I don't know. That's where it connected the dots. I just had to throw that out there because I thought it was like super interesting and I haven't had anyone to talk to about it yet. So why not do it on the podcast? But anyways, yeah, they, they came yeah. out today. IGN had reported that. I think I saw it on Twitter, but I thought it was really cool. But yeah, Shardy Smith, man, I was crushing on her pretty hard as a little kid. I mean, it came out in 88. I probably saw it in 89, 90. I was seven or eight years old. Yeah, man, she was cute. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody else had a crush on her. Uh, the uh, I forget the actor's name, but he plays 
Meg Penny's little brother's friend, the blonde kid. Yeah, I read about he, that. He 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 was crushing on her really hard. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the deputy in that movie, Paul McCrane. Do you know what else he was in? No, I do not. I don't think I've. If I have seen him in something else, I didn't make the. Connection. He was in RoboCop. He was one of the bad guys in RoboCop. He was the bad guy that had that. I think he had the toxic sludge spilled on him, and then got hit by the car. And he splattered. Oh wow! <laughs> that was him. That also kind of messed me up as a kid watching that. That was fucked up. Yeah, because it's practical effects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you um, want, man? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was Paul McCrane. I forgot the, the character's name, but he was like one of the goons from from the original RoboCop. I thought that was fun to see him again. Um, yeah. And then I was Kevin uh, Dillon. Paul, McCra- Paul McCrane played the the deputy in the Blob. Yes, Paul McCrane was the deputy, the guy that got his face licked. <laughs> with that weird fucking scene. yeah that that was strange <laughs> what so yeah. then we had the bad boy the rebellious kid on the motorcycle with the leather jacket and the ear piercing kevin dylan playing brian flag i right. thought that was so much so funny to like see that like as the quintessential bad boy of the 80s motorcycle leather jacket long hair ear pierced you know and then like, in, the be- in the beginning of the movie, what's he doing? He's like, I could jump this bridge. Drinking a beer, no less. Drinking a beer. <laughs> and when he crashes, I'm like, that should be way worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, the, the 80s and their, and their bad boys, man. It's so funny. Like, I guess like the Fonz and the jacket, just things just will never end. If you wear a black leather jacket, you're a bad boy, no matter what, right, in the 80s. Right. So I thought that was funny to, to see that character and, and whatnot. And, it's like, oh, he's so bad. He's so rebellious. And then there's a scene where he's like working on his motorcycle in the middle of the forest at night. And I was like, yeah. what? You won't have well, a better got, place got, to do this? He got the. He had to walk back to it. He had to, to walk back. Up. Yeah, he went to he went to the garage. He asked for the socket set. That's right from, every, from every, his every. buddy. And then he had to walk back out into the woods in order to uh, work on his bike. I mean, albeit in the dark. Well, like we'll say in the dark, it was clearly very well illuminated with set lights like it did not look i was like but there's light bulbs everywhere it did not look believable at all i mean yeah if it's you're really you and i know if you're in the forest at night it's dark as fuck (laughs) yeah oh yeah 100 percent. you can't see shit (laughs) it's dark and then it's funny they're like oh let's also put a a ton of fog because it's not eerie enough we gotta put (laughs) fog guys Every yeah. horror film is like, even if nothing's going on, they're like, all right, just, uh, just by chance, there's fog fucking everywhere. And it, people are like, oh my God, it's so scary. I don't even, I can't even make that connection. When I see fog in the morning when I'm driving to work, I'm like, I don't get scared. I get irritated. Yeah. Can't see it shit. Just, it just ups my chances of getting into a car accident and I got to be more <laughs> careful. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess he really needed to work on that motorcycle, and I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Like, yeah, it's, it's like in the middle wait, of the forest. Couldn't wait till the next day. Or just clearly, you could. I mean, you could roll it. I mean, he had to. I mean, I don't know. I'm getting. I'm getting too much in, in the weeds there. But I thought that was just funny. And then, and so, so yeah, man. I can't actually. Man, this movie just was not good i was like why did i pick this movie like why did we why did you let me pick this movie josh why did you let me do this but well i don't i don't know i think it's because we're trying to do our best to appreciate um 
movies from that time and how they really set apart the horror genre because horror movies are really big in like the late 70s and 80s yeah horror movies were a really big deal and so um there was like this explosion of film and you know it's funny that we mentioned the box office how it only made like eight million dollars in return but when you when you think about it it was competing with the films that we discussed in the last episode you know it was competing with child's plays competing with um, all these other films that, I mean, Child's Play didn't do very well itself, but they were just, they were struggling. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I really, I picked this movie just because it was special to me as a kid. And it was like all these like horrific death scenes and really just, dude, I was terrified to take a shit in my own house. Cause I thought the blob was going to come and like get me <laughs> for a little bit there when I was a kid. Right. Like I thought it was going to come through the, the toilet or through the vents in my house. Like, Fuck man, that movie. I was so like and so dumb too as a kid. Like I knew it wasn't a real, but I don't know I don't know why. It just it like scared me, you know, like like crazy. So I kinda wanna talk about some of the death scenes in this movie because I thought there was a oh, couple absolutely. There's yeah. a couple which one did you which one did you want to talk about? I probably could talk about all of them because there wasn't Oh the the first one is interesting. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. I love the that. The first death one scene. is interesting because there's a funny bit of a, a backstory to that first death. I mean, the first death is really I don't know if he's named or credited. I think he might be. I think it was called but, the um, Can Man in the credits. You're talking about the yeah. old, the homeless dude? Yes. I think he was called the Can Man, I'm not sure, but continue. Mm, yeah. So, anyways, I'm talking the the on screen like full on screen death because I guess that guy dies off screen, the can man or whatever, because he they show him dead but he doesn't die on screen. They sh- he gets the blob on his hand and then he goes to the hospital, which I thought it was weird that it switches to his torso and doesn't just his arm isn't gone and like his chest area. I thought well, that I mean was if his arms are at his side, right? It could have just I don't know. Yeah, I mean sure. It's a blob, man. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, um, the first death, which is um, by actor, what is his name? Donovan Leach, who plays Paul Taylor. Paul! Paul, Paul, Paul Taylor is the, the love interest of the uh, one of the protagonists, uh, Meg Penny, Paul. who's played by Shawnee Smith. So... What they wanted to do, this is really the first exposition of the blob, like the real, real, like this is a horrible, horrifying thing. This is what it's capable of doing, um, monster, right? So what they did was that they found a wet uh, bag and they stretched it over and Shawnee Smith was told that, hey, there's going to be a prop in there that, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be... it's going to be Donovan Leach. It's going to be him. He's dying in there. But what they really did was that they put the actor in there, in this uh, casing that they created, so that when she turned the corner to see him, her reaction of fear was real. Her, that was a genuine reaction mm-hmm. to, to seeing the, the blob first glance because he was moving. He was, the actor was truly underneath that that. That, uh, that casing that they made for that scene. And I thought that that was so cool. And we're talking about practical effects. That looked horrifying. I mean, right? I, would be af- I would be afraid. I mean, he's literally in there disintegrating, like turning into, into, into gush for the blob to just grow. 
And that's such a terrifying thing. I think that's what people were mostly scared of this movie. It's like, this thing doesn't feel. All it wants to do is consume. Yeah, that was the thing that I think as a kid, the idea of being suffocated by an acid blob just sounds horrific. You know, like the idea of, I don't know, being eaten alive is like a terrible, ter- terrible thought. Th- that, yeah, that scene, that was one of the scenes that definitely kind of scarred me a little bit as a kid. Like that, right? that was not, that was... That was definitely some good horror right there. Even even by today's standards, like I felt like that scene held up pretty well by today's right. today that one particular scene. Even with the blob, she, like when he's on the phone, I think it was actually a green screen. You can kind of tell there's a discoloration there. When you see the blob going up the wall behind the door, oh yeah, like, they come, it yeah. like slides up the wall, and then he, yeah, I think and it then, drips, it drips yeah. onto the table or something. Yeah, yeah, there's like like acidic thing. You can see the table like sort of just is like acid, and then it just like falls on top of him and then yeah and then even when it like goes out the window after it like kills him which i'm wondering why it didn't kill her but i guess you know whatever <laughs> you know it just right. like, after like, plot armor plot right, armor yeah can't kill the main character that was actually one of the things that frank that i read about frank darabont wanted to surprise people with the deaths like he, they, they wanted in the beginning of the movie they just wanted everyone and anyone to die like they didn't want people yeah. to think that this person was and so i guess people thought paul was going to live, you know, like he was going to be one of the main characters, but nope. They yeah. Just, Cause he was so, he was easily like, not, I mean, not extremely, but he was, you know, fleshed out a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, you know, the typical, he was a like football player, right? The, yeah. The you think player. he's going to, you think he's going to like save the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was fun. I didn't know about that. Looking back, you know, as a kid, I was just terrified, but like watching that, I thought that was or reading about that. I thought was kind of interesting. That was like one of the things that, uh, Darabont and the writers were, were cooking up. Yeah. Th- that death was, was pretty gnarly. I yeah. want to talk about the worst one, I think in that movie. And I think we talked about this like a while back on something in one of our episodes, but that fucking little kid, the dude, her brother's friend, Oh, that dies yeah. in the sewer. Yeah, his name is um, Michael Kentworthy, I believe. Was that the actor's name? Or was that the character? Michael Ken- Michael Kenworthy. That was no, that's the the, the actor's name, Michael Kenworthy. Okay, yeah. Anyways, that was one I think that messed me up the most because I've never, even to this day, I don't think I've ever seen a young kid die before on screen. Right, and they did it so brutally, like. Dude, when he comes up and he's all, like all fucking messed up and shit, like he's literally melted. What? Yeah, I was like not looking forward to that scene just because this is like such a gnarly, like messed up scene. But man, did that! It, that's just there's so many layers to that. Just like oh, and the sewers, you know, and being chased by the blob that you can't see, and then fuck, dude, that was messed up. <laughs> that was messed up, man. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely scarring, especially if you're a, a, a kid, you know. Yeah. And you're watching this movie, they're like, oh, the kids aren't safe. Like, because <laughs> that kid was Talk, yeah. like, just dissolved alive. Like, there was no hope for him. Yeah. I'm like, they killed him. And again, too, you, you, again, too, you wonder, like, can the blob, the blob just waxed like 30 people in this movie theater. It can't reach for the chick that's like two feet away. But again, you know, plot armor, the story must go on, you know. One of the the death that like stuck with me, obviously that death is horrible, but the I think he's unnamed or he's maybe named one time. I don't even know who the actor is, but the 
the bus boy or the dishwasher in the restaurant. Oh, that the the blob <laughs> comes out of the of the sink and latches onto his skull and then forces his whole body through the pipe. And the pipe doesn't pipe. even like bulge that much. So you're literally getting string beaned by force through this pipe. As soon as I remember even a, a few days ago when I rewatched it, when the thing latches on his head and pulls him down and they show his skull like scrunched down to squeeze into that that spot. Mm. I was like, like it made me uncomfortable <laughs> to see it. <laughs> and I wondered if it, I'm going to I need to look up how they did that because that was extremely well done. Like I that looks like that's what would happen. That scene is so just crazy in general. It's such a great death scene in that movie. Yeah. Like, dude's foot shoe was off his foot. Like, it was like spinning yeah. around, like going around like a blender or something. It was yeah. just like blood going everywhere. And like, and it's just like blood squirting. And you see coming out of the pipes. And it's just like that. They're all screaming. She's just sitting there screaming in horror. Man, that death is fucking awesome. I mean, I don't mean, I'm yeah. not saying I like seeing people die and scream, but that was so. So good. I mean, yeah, that was a good ridiculous. And you really, you it really, and that's like really when the other characters are like, "Oh shit!" Like to the existence of this thing. Like, man, that, and then they, that, they 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 go in the freezer. I thought that was weak. <laughs> like, because that's super green screened when they're running away from. Oh, it you, and it's chasing the, them up on the ceiling, chasing them up on the ceiling, chasing. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's so bad. Yeah, that <laughs> it's like that didn't age well at all. Poor. Yeah, that scene does not age well. You know, probably in the 80s, they're like, man, this this shit is awesome. This looks so yeah. good. And now it's like... People are probably in the movie theater, like I said, man, like, like freaking yeah. out. They don't know any better, you know? Yeah. Man, that, but that also led to another cool death scene was in that phone booth. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, the phone booth. Yeah. Like, so what's funny about the phone booth is show, like, a lot of it is practical, like, life-sized or true-scaled. But then the moment where the blob crushes, implodes, or the... Not implodes, mm. but the... The phone booth collapse collapses yeah. under the weight of the blob. That's a miniature. Oh, interesting. It's interesting because I was wondering how they shot that because you see it looks pretty well done too. Like it looks I like know, I knew I don't know what the scale is, but it is a miniature. Because yeah, I saw like I was looking at it and you can tell like it was not her, but it looked pretty. It looked pretty good. I was like, yeah, the cut the cut was perfect. Yeah, I was like, wow. I, what I loved about that scene. Is that she's calling for the sheriff, which is funny because like I guess what do you do in that situation? She the sheriff was just there, right? And she was talking to the sheriff in the diner. Yeah. And, and she's then, talking to the to the <clears throat> receptionist at the at the sheriff's station. Yeah. But then like what do you do? Like now we have cell phones, right? You just call the sheriff or whatever. It's just communication so different back then. Like, who are you gonna call? Call the sheriff's department and see if they can get in contact with the sheriff somehow. But then they show the fucking sheriff's head in the blob like up against it like, like yeah that's, that's i think that that's another one of those where you were saying that the director was not afraid to kill anybody like because the sheriff was a pivotal character you know he has this relationship with um with brian flag who's the bad boy right and he, he you know he's basically the leader of the town they don't show like a mayor you know he's the on-screen town leadership you know he's making decisions he's like what happened to these kids go find out we need to go down to the hospital we heard that this guy turned up he's at the hospital brian flags at the hospital you gotta go look for him you know he's making decisions he's making calls and then out of nowhere literally nowhere they're just like by the way he's fucking dead (laughs) 
Time yeah. to die, Fran. Yeah, I I thought that was great. I like I like the idea of them just killing people. I like that in movies when you don't know what's going to happen. Sort of like that's sort of like the allure with Game of Thrones. And yeah. I liked it for the most part in The Walking Dead, but then it just got old because it was just like, all right, new character. Okay, who's going to die this week or who's going to die this season? But in a movie, yeah. in a movie, I like that. I like being kept on my toes. You know what I'm saying? I like not knowing what's going to happen next. I like no, feeling like no one is safe, right? It makes right. it more more fun for the, for the movie moviegoer, I think. And And yeah, the other one that I thought that was interesting was the movie scene when the guy, the operator running the... I can't think of the word for it. Running the, the projector. Yes. And the the only thing that really just creeped me out was the way he looked when he was up on the ceiling. Oh yeah, like, the effects, the his yeah. effects of yeah, they they captured his that face amazing. all kind of jacked up, but he's also partially yeah. like the blob. And if, I, if I remember correctly, I read that he was not like that's a totally a a, a prop that it wasn't oh. him like in makeup like suspended. Oh, that's interesting. Like that, that, was, actually that was totally like a prop. Him. Oh, it yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it looked yeah. like him, like they did a good job, like, matching his likeness. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, man, that that, that was, for, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, that was, like, one of the scenes that really got to me, just the way he looked, like, the at, in that scene. But I felt like after, the, after that, the movie kind of was just, like, kind of went downhill for me. <laughs> like, well, that's because, you know, the, the monster's out. Yeah, but the we already knew not, what the monster is not trying to self-preserve anymore. You know, it's like it's got some momentum. It's you know killed like fifteen people that we know of. You know, not even that we know of, like that we can assume. Yeah, I mean, it led into some some gnarly scenes with the crowd and stuff. But then they introduced the so the thing. What what really made it go downhill for me was the introduction of the military and then oh, yeah. the story behind that. Like and. And everything like it's just really that whole thing like the whole thing of them trying to capture this thing and they yeah, created because, it right so they created it yeah. to fight the, they, for the to fight the russians blah, blah. yeah oh god the russians but they didn't know that freezing it is the way to capture it like yeah exactly it's like you how much created testing, the fucking thing how much testing have you done numbnuts right i was like he said he's been studying, been, he's been preparing this for all his life, right? So, like, like yeah. it sounded like this was, like, some top secret thing and whatever. And I was just like, that just kills it for me. Like, the whole, and then they're shooting with yeah. guns and trying to blow it up. And, like, you're, you're, yeah. like, you're the experts on this thing. What are, you, what are you doing? How do you not know this? And that, that's I, think, ultimate- I thought it was so cool, though, when the... I think it's the the general or the colonel that's assigned to the that's detailed like it's his battalion. Yeah, let's call okay. it a battalion. Right, it's right. his battalion that's assigned to this uh, a scientist <clears throat> wing or we'll, we'll call it a wing or detachment, whatever. They're the ones that are attached to him. And this colonel, I forget who the actor is, but he was actually he played um, in a couple. He was an icon for horror for a cut for a few years. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. He was in te- he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, uh, this the Ooh. the the sequel, and he was some he played another character in House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. Like he's he's made his way into the horror genre because of uh, I think the Blob didn't really help him, but it didn't hinder him either because he continued to have success. Um, but 
This is one of his earliest appearances in film. I loved his complete rawness when he's like, all right, we have no other solution. Increase firepower. And they just all point their <laughs> barrels down the fucking manhole. And it's just like seven, eight hundred rounds of M16s. And he's shooting it with his M1911. He's like, blank, 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 blank. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Because I was like, I thought to myself, I don't understand it. But I know that bullets <laughs> kill things. <laughs> you know, so that's his assumption. He threw the satchel charge down there. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, yeah, a colonel that knows how to intricately use these lower tiered or lower ranking bits of equipment. You know what I mean? I thought mm. that was pretty interesting to see. I thought he was he was a character that I enjoyed seeing on screen. Especially when he tried to like make the doctor come to his senses. He was like, those are my men. And he was like, "Ah, oh, screw your men." Like that yeah. that hit me in my heart. Like yeah. I felt that. <laughs> like, yeah. But then it's also too like, "Come on." I was like, "Dude, you can't say that to say, like you can't say that to somebody that these are the people they go to battle with and they train with. They yeah. live with these people like like what? I don't know. It's just I guess this is like a time when they're writing movies, it's not as nuanced and they don't think about things like like, like we do now like we're so detailed with stories and things like that but like right it just was, was like come on i do like how when they introduced uh dr meadows played by joe seneca i like when they introduced him he's like oh you know you know what killed the dinosaurs like he's this oh this fun loving like grand grandpa scientist like okay I feel yeah, so safe yeah. with that, you that totally comes out of left field when he's talking to the uh to somebody else he's like uh we need to we're gonna be years ahead of the russians i was <laughs> like what <laughs> well he literally said well he said totally, they were ex- i had totally forgotten that plot point when i was re-watching it like i didn't oh, yeah? pick up on that when i was a kid you know when you watch a movie when you're a kid you're like "Ooh, explosions and it's special effects you're not really worried about the story you just want to be entertained by the loud noises you know no but- i i remember that it wasn't an alien and was like a government thing i remember that because in the original ver- the original 58 1958 movie it was an alien and this one right I remember my dad talking and we were talking about it, like whatever. But I remember it being a governmental, governmental, government run thing. Experiment, right? yeah. Experiment. And, but I thought that was really funny, like, because I was like, oh man, I feel so safer on this dude. Like, oh, no, the military is here. And all of a sudden he's like, nope, these people are expendable. You know, at one point he literally said, yeah, the that. whole town. Yeah, the whole town's expendable. Yeah. So, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. <laughs> I just like there's that. Not gonna, like, there's not going to be any media coverage on this town in San Francisco. Oh. Because yeah. it wasn't San Francisco. It's a town on the outskirts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, once you start throwing a little bit, like, okay, I, I am a person, I can throw away like some logic and let some things slide. But like, this is one of those movies where it's just like too many things happen. I'm just like, just throw my hands up. Like, fuck, man. Like, come on, writers. You can do a little bit better than that, you know, and yeah, I think one of the so, biggest um, points for me that I was like, I could not stop laughing was when the blob is rolling over the seats at the movie theater. Oh, that looked bad. Like they, they show it from a distance and it's just like, blah, 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 <laughs> like over the seats. I was laughing. I thought it was so funny. And like the bad effects that yeah. were like 
render or CGI'd in of people being grabbed by tentacles and people waving. Like you could tell that that was just a, like a three pose mini that could just go like that. That's all he could do <laughs> was like move his hands left and right. It looked like stop mo like stop motion. That's what it looked like. The the person they did do stop motion. They did do stop motion for for the, some of the scenes. That probably was one of the scenes where they did stop motion for yeah. it. For it, yeah. When they did the overlay of like the green screen stuff, it did not look good. Like, yeah, you could one hundred percent tell. But yeah, I think I actually talking about deaths. I kind of like the way dr meadows went out like that was funny when the tentacle grabbed oh, yeah. him and pulled him and then, and then like it comes through his mask and first of all why are they still wearing this equipment i don't know they know it's not like they know like, i don't know whatever they're still wearing this stuff like throughout the entire movie for like whatever right. reason i don't know but then when he goes into the manhole and then the, like the blobs pulling them down like we all know that like that that's like a trope right where someone's getting fucked up but you don't really know what's going on they're like in a cave or in, or in a hole and all of a sudden the blob comes through his mask and that was actually a pretty cool practical effect i yeah, thought yeah. when the blob comes out through his mask and breaks the the glass or whatever i was like damn that's actually pretty cool and then, it was and then probably something that they inflated oh i'm yeah i'm sure they did something yeah yeah that that would make you were, sense you were gonna say that he snaps the the rifle in half yeah yeah no. i was like no no, no. it doesn't happen you're not no one's your, that strong your your shoulders would dislocate before you <laughs> no snap an, before you snap a rifle nobody is <laughs> that strong that could break a metal m16 yeah <laughs> like, no well there is no no i was like there is some no. plastic but the the barrel was if I remember correctly, the part of the barrel is plastic, but that's just like a shell or outer thing. The entire the, weapon the, is the metal. Bar- the barrel, the the heat, the heat guard. That's what that's called. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the heat yeah. shroud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that whole that whole weapon. Uh, you, you, yeah. We both. I'm, I was in the army. I shot plenty of M16s and M4s in my in my time, and you more so than I have. That there's yeah. no way that fucking thing is gonna break. That's <laughs> not even gonna bend. Laughing. It just snapped like a <laughs> yeah. like a toy. <laughs> I was that was when it got me when I was laughing is when he was like I was like oh yeah. shit this is a gnarly ass death all of a sudden and it breaks I was like oh no yeah <clears throat> so moving if we move on though we get to the scene where um another it's another miniature a t- it's miniatures tied in with use of green screen with mm-hmm. the truck when he's about to blow it up to freeze the 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 blob you know and so I thought it was so funny. I also was like, what the hell is this? Is when uh, Brian Flagg, played by uh, Dylan, he comes out of the truck that's overturned because the blob loses interest in him. And he, because the blob's going to go to the, to, to, um, to the actress, to the, the actress Meg. playing Meg. Meg. Yeah. Um, and so she is shooting at it and she's like come on motherfucker you know like that's so like i thought that was so funny like she just bring the hate on this thing right and kill so, me i'm here yeah kill me <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> that's what i sort of got that's what i was thinking I think, in that scene where she was like, they tried i think that they tried to get that scene or maybe recreate that that sense of like fuck yeah mm-hmm. from aliens where Ripley comes out in the loader and she's like, get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> but it just does not work. No, it was corny. It was yeah, corny. it was 100% corny. Yeah. And so 
Um, <laughs> she shoots the thing. It starts to barrel towards her. And the dude is struggling in the truck still to get out. But then somehow he beats the blob to her, which I thought was weird. Yeah, that's true. I was I thought it was funny when she fell when she tried to jump and she does this fall. It just looks so silly. She's like, oh, oh yeah, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and then she gets just stuck. goes, whomp. Yeah, just the way she like, fell many, looks I've so never, funny. I'm never going to be able to understand how people get caught in those situations. Like, can you not, do you not know your leg is, did she not notice when she turned? But, like, man, who knows, man? Shit happens all the time. Sto- stories, man. <laughs> I don't know. Shit happens all the time and weird things can yeah. happen, but the way she fell was funny as shit to me. Like I was that I was laughing at that scene also when he broke the M sixteen. Like that's when I'm just. But by the time at this point in the movie, I think I had texted you and I said, "We need to do something else." Like I'm sorry for making you watch this movie because it's just like, oh my god. And well, then, we didn't I, have the time, you know. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess I guess I did have fun going back and watching this movie, but I mean, you laughed, that. right? Yeah, I laughed laugh. at some some stuff, but it's just like, and then like after they after this, well, first of all, have you ever seen a giant fire extinguisher truck before ever in your life? No. <laughs> so I was like, "What is this?" What like, was I? I don't even remember what the name of the truck was. It like snow truck or snow something like that, like snowmaker. That's what it was called. It was called the snowmaker. Okay, I'm not but saying I th- that. This I is think a- it was something like slogany, like S N O, no W, just snowmaker. Okay, maybe there is something out there that does because you need something for. I just don't know, it was a weird place. Like, okay, you're you're shooting a movie, and you, you need to do need to do a snow scene. You have equipment that can create snow, right, and, and whatnot. But right. I'm like, why is it there? Like, what was, did they even say? Like a reason for that truck? He he, he pulls it out of the. Um, Brian Flagg drives it out of the garage. It's getting worked on in the beginning of the movie. Right, okay. Okay. But I don't know I don't remember what purpose it served. Maybe I think he was saying like, "Oh, we have the festival or whatever." I don't. Yeah, if I don't he remember. He says something it. like, "We're going to we got to use the snow truck for some event." I don't know. And he's like, "No, we're going to get snow days whatever." It never happens. Yeah, right. That's a, that's the thing for me like like with the scene with the zipper. I loved that. I love in the beginning of the movie you talk about the zipper like, "Okay, it's a zipper that gets stuck." And then boom. It happens to get stuck when they're being chased. Like, oh, shit, remember the zipper? Like, okay, that makes sense. That's fine. You're like, yeah. you know, it's Chekhov's gun, right? Isn't that Chekhov's gun where you show them something and then you must use it later on, right? I think that's the... Yeah, the- yeah I think that's what it's called. Yeah, <clears throat> Chekhov's gun. So, but there was no, there was no, no there's no reason for that truck to be there any, like, at all. And I'm just kind of like, what's going on here? And then it, it freezes it instantaneously right this isn't yeah it's just instantly frozen liquid nitrogen right it just instantly freezes the thing and i was like oh boy we have yeah. really like this movie really went off the rails towards the yeah end that, en- that entire that entire uh thing that uh the frozen blop that's all dyed rock salt oh okay hundreds, yeah I- hundreds of pounds of dyed rock salt Imagine being that guy dying on that rock salt, like questioning your. Life I don't know. How, I don't know how they died it. I don't know how they died it, but it's died rock salt. I just imagine some guy dying each individual. I'm sure that's not how they did it, but I just imagine some like assistant yeah. dying all the rock, like questioning his career decisions. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end of the scene, they just throw it all away. But uh, millions well, it, of dollars, <laughs> probably like probably like six thousand dollars in rock salt. 
And so, okay, I don't, I, know, I don't know. I don't know how much Rockstar costs. I mean, but you could just use that to donate to like a city that has ice, whatever. Anyways, so there's a couple of things I want to get to towards the end of the movies, and then we can talk a little bit, about, a little bit about fun, some fun facts. I guess we can call them fun facts for this movie. But I mean, I've, we've gone, we've gone through a few fun facts throughout our true. conversation. I think yeah, I have yeah. just have a couple more like tidbits to to go over. Yeah, yeah, but sure. The so. <sighs> We don't even know what the fuck they do with the blob after it's frozen. Like the guy's like, just put it in the freezer at the end, right? He was like, we're just gonna yeah. hold this away and put it in the freezer. And then, and the priest, man, what he automatically like when in early in the movie he walks to the freezer and like picks up little bits of pieces of the frozen blob and puts it into a jar. Yeah, like he, and that's one of those things in film for me. I had the same problem with Predator. We talked about it when I was like, how do you know? How do you know to pick it up and put it in a jar? How do you know not to touch it? I mean, he did see the giant blob like before this happened, but there's no way you can put two and two together seeing a giant right. blob. Yeah, 100%. So there's no connection there. And then... Yeah. At the end of the fucking movie, he has it in his... He's, like, preaching or whatever, and he's all burned and is, like, this villainous look, right? And then he, like... He he says something about, like, about power or using it or something. Like, yeah, they, they, were trying to leave, they were trying to leave the film open-ended for Yeah, yeah. Definitely we were trying to leave it open-ended, but it was just, like, motivations were very questionable. Like, if there were any, like, is he just some crazy dude? It was just really yeah. weird and not... Didn't make... It did not make any sense at all. Yeah. And I liked, because in the original one, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but in the original one, they show the Antarctic and this parachute dropping the thing down into the Antarctic. Like, it's, it's assume, that's what you assume it to be, right, is the blob right. being dropped. Um, I can't remember how they froze it. I remember it being covering an entire diner, and I was like, where they somehow caught it. I don't remember specifically how they froze it, but it was just like... <sighs> I don't know. That's. I mean, at that point, I was done with the movie. I was like, man, all right, we had some gnarly death scenes, but I'm so over this now. So I don't know. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what you think about that tirade that I just went on or that tangent. No, no, I completely but, agree with you. It's like, what are your motivations? I know they're trying to leave it open ended, but it's like, truly, let's try to think. I'm trying to think about what are your motivations. Maybe the whole thing could be just that he has it. It's a cool little thing. This is the wrath of God that I hold in my hand and then it like breaks one day and then it, it eats him cause it's the blob and it doesn't have emotions and it doesn't care. I don't know, man. All I know is that the last time that a mention of a blob sequel was fucking made was recently. 2017 was the most recent where they were talking about it. Yeah. I was reading that they, they had made, supposedly there were plans to make a sequel to this one like after they did but nothing really gained steam they didn't even have a script for it or anything it was just like i yeah, guess they all just... they had the last last that last i heard in in 2017 was that they had like some shitty art that people mm. were like people were the people that they showed it to were like no <laughs> i mean but i mean the movie didn't work who we already said like it didn't even make 50 percent of the profit or the budget back so like why would you want to make a sequel? i honestly feel i honestly feel like they struggled because of the the time that they were releasing it i mean but it's still i don't know what it was like because i wasn't an adult i don't know 88 was a great year for yeah for horror films yeah. man i know we listed all those movies in the last episode we did it was, it was an amazing year for films 100 percent. yeah yeah like i think who framed roger rabbit came out that year too 
Can't yeah, remember. and that was but, that was a, one of the highest grossing films that that yeah. year. Yeah, it was a tough year for sure. Uh, all right, before we wrap it up, I got uh, we go over a little a few fun facts. So we make sure. Okay, so the FX artist who was Tony Gardner told Fangoria in 1988 that the blob was made from a combination of methicil and silk that's controllable and keeps its shape. Methicil is well, a, yeah, is used as a thickener when you're cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I I never even heard of it. I've heard of. I mean, corn syrup or cornstarch, but I've never heard of methicil before. But apparently you put it in gravy and you, for milkshakes. So, and they actually use it in the original Blob, too, in 1958. Yeah, they use it in the original film as well, yeah. So you talked about the, 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 the surprise fact for Shawnee Smith when she saw Paul die. So, oh, fun fact. So, Leitch, what was his first name, Leitch? Donovan. Donovan, Donovan Leitch and Shawnee Smith, they actually went to prom together. Yeah, in real life. Like in real life. The, prior to yeah, the film. Yeah, before they did the movie. And then, they end, and then they ended up being like each other's love interest. That's another thing. We talk about love interest. That's a really cool fun fact, by the way. Like, what are the fucking chances, right? But th- that's another thing. At the end of the film, she's like, Brian, I love you. Kiss me. <laughs> it's like your boyfriend died less well, than an hour and a half ago they went on a date and there was no commitments there. she fancied him she fancied him but dude's fucking dead <laughs> yeah but she, it's it's whatever. the 80s miss 80s movie whatever. she developed a bond with with brian you know yeah. you gotta have a kiss you gotta have some love interest oh god oh so this is funny so there are actually two two women that pose for playboy in this movie yeah, uh, Erica Elniak, Elniak, who was the drunk girl Vicky. <laughs> that was right. actually a funny death. Like I thought that was one. It was kind of funny. It was, it yeah, because so she gets to turn around and be like, "What's up, bitch?" Like, yeah, it was kind of messed up, but it looked pretty fake. But before that, before her face turns, when the the blobs, it's kind of terrifying when the blob starts wrapping around his arm. I'm like, ooh, like that. Yeah, that looks horrible. Like, and then yeah, I mean, I I didn't. I was like, hell yeah, fuck that guy. And then, so she went on to post her Playboy in 89. She was also on Baywatch. That was where she was like real famous. So she was also on Baywatch. And then the other Playboy model was Julie McCullough, who was actually the blonde in the slasher film that we're watching in the movie. Yep. And so. It's funny how that film is supposed to be like, if you really watch it, it's supposed to be like an amalgamation of like uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason, and texas chainsaw massacre like it's all three of those movies like mashed into that little scene Dude, that they filmed it was 100 percent a cliched parody or p- parody of friday the 13th with jason and there's a line that made me laugh really funny because he was like the guy looks up and he goes like hockey season ended months ago and i was like oh yeah. my god like what that's what you gather yeah. from that scene and I then he just- hold he holds up the face and he's like oh my god is that his face like the people in the <laughs> in the crowd i thought that was so awesome so that was actually that was actually kind of funny but yeah i thought that was that was funny that was only the few fun facts that i had had from this film so i don't know was there anything else that i left out that you wanted to talk about i've hit all my points no, no i mean i really i really didn't see anything all right and nothing nothing else nothing else is really was really special to me those those are some cool facts uh but i i, I did hear about them but you know 
we talked about a lot of little facts and, and, and tidbits throughout our conversation, but I don't, I don't really have any more because I'd have to really dig deep. Like some stuff, it's all the same. I'm getting the same stuff all the time. I'd have to like sit and talk with the dude and be like, hey, man, how did you do this? Yeah, actually, I was thinking about if, if reaching out to some, I really want to reach out to some people that worked on these films or even acted on them because sometimes people are like, yeah, we'll come talk to you. Like, you never know. You never know unless you ask. So I have a plan yeah. on some point reaching out to some of these people that worked on these films and hopefully we can get someone to come on and talk about them. That's that's yeah. my goal. But That's how we got David Hader. Just ask, man. Haha, Metal Gear reference. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no way to shoehorn. I mean, we have to force Metal Gear reference in this one. I don't I don't even I don't, I don't even know how we could like tie yeah. it into this. But when did Metal Gear come out? Was it 86? I don't know. The first one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, 86. Uh, uh when, when did Metal Gear 2 come out? 2 years too late. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. Metal Gear 2 release. No, not Solid 2. Metal Gear 2. Ah, damn it. 1990. Metal Gear. Maybe it was 1988. Metal Gear release date. 87. Ah, man. That would have been a nice little shoot. All right. Anyways, everyone's like, the fuck are you talking about Metal Gear 4? So, yes, we try to do a Metal Gear reference in every episode. We talked about it, but it didn't really work well with this one. All right. I'll let you wrap up. Give me a couple minutes of your final thoughts. I'll wrap up mine and we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah. So in closing for me, the movie is not special. I don't even, I don't even hold it in regards to it being a cult classic for me. But the thing is that I do understand why it is for some people. Um, I can definitely appreciate what they were doing at the time. The idea of using a silk sack filled with this thickening agent and just coloring it is genius. I, I would have never thought of that. But, you know, these guys do it for a living. They probably they come up with creative ways to do things. And it, it blows my mind sometimes. And like I said, when you use practical effects, I think it helps lend credence to the believability of the monster you're trying to portray or the violence or the death or whatever. CGI is very easily detectable. Which is why I like the original thing, the movie with John Carpenter's The Thing. Which I but think I we've don't already like, decided we're going to do next. Yes, but I don't like the, 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 the prequel that came out. I don't even remember what year it came out. That movie was horrible. It's a horrible movie. You should not watch it. And it's all CGI. I promise you it would have been much better, well more well received if if they stayed with practical effects. Imagine what you could do with practical effects now with the technology that we have now. A lot of people are, are doing it. I mean, did you see uh, The Dark Crystal, the series that they had on Netflix? I actually that know. Was, I that actually was, didn't watch um, It was amazing. And it's all puppets and practical effects, not a lot of CGI in it. I need to watch that because I love The Dark Crystal. Yeah, and so it was amazing, and that was made recently, and they were they great success. I loved every minute of it, you know. But um, when it comes to my final thoughts, the movie is not the movie's not good. <laughs> the movie's bad. <laughs> it does not stand the test of time. I found myself. I mean, I was uncomfortable when the guy got his head pulled through the sink, but other than that, I was having a laugh the whole time. And I don't know if that's because. 
as a society, we've grown into cynists, or c- I've become more cynical, you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, observing horror film and horror films and violence and video games. And it's like, it's, it's, not, it's not the same to me as it would have been to somebody else. So it's, it's, you have to be able to appreciate what they were trying to do because to other people for the time, they were being blown away. I mean, obviously it didn't gross as much, but still, the people that did watch it, it did make $8 million is $8 million. But the movie cost $19 million. Right, but it's still $8 million. That's still a lot of people, you know? It's just not as many as they want. But it's a cult classic now. So did they win or not? Nobody won. They did not win. <laughs> they did not win. Yeah, for me, it's a cult classic. And I have some nostalgia for this film because of just how it messed with me as a kid, like watching it with my my family and my dad. And it was just like, for its time, the special effects I thought were like, like awesome. You know, like the deaths that we talk about were just crazy for its time. Like it was like gnarly as shit. You know, like, and it terrified me. But at the end of the day, man, the movie just did not stand the test of time. The writing was terrible like the plot twists and turns at the end and the way it was just done i was just like just i was fine i think two-thirds of the way through of this film like saying okay this is all right it's still campy it's still cheesy but it's the 80s right uh, yeah. all the death scenes you try to were, give it a chance you know yeah all the death scenes were cool as shit and i mean outside of the cgi so not cgi but the green screen stuff i was like okay whatever you know it's the 80s and then like they started yeah we already talked about it. like they just went it just was so dumb. Like, I got to be really just dumb towards the end. So, yeah. Paul Classic does not stand the test of time. I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie ever again for any reason, honestly. And it was... Maybe, it, maybe show, show your friends get drunk one night. I don't have You guys want to watch stuff. a shitty movie? <laughs> we should watch it in the Discord. That's what we should do. Make everyone Hell else yeah, fucking watch this movie. But, yeah. It, it just did not stand the test of time. And I don't... This is not a good movie, and I'm sorry I made you watch it. And yeah, yeah. that's that, that's where I'm at with this film. I mean, some cool death scenes for sure, but yeah, just YouTube the death scenes. It's all your if if you listen to this episode, just YouTube the death scenes. You don't need to watch this movie. You, you can yeah. watch all the death scenes. So that being said, we are going to yeah, that's a wrap, and then we're going to talk about. I think we have the thing and probably Sinister coming up in the next couple yep. weeks, and. I know we talked about Child's Play, that episode we dropped in right after, right before this one dropped. So hopefully you listen to that one before you listen to this one. Sure. If they're staying on, what is this, week five? Yes, this is week five. Week five. This is episode even say five that, oh, of our man, eight weeks of horror. I'm terrible at it. I didn't even say that in the beginning. Eight weeks of horror. Yeah, that's right. Eight weeks of horror, everybody. All right. I'm out. Josh, tons of fun. You guys stay safe and don't be shitty. <laughs> Adios. Thank you.